Hey, Darren, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. All the better for to be uh, speaking to you, girls. Yep, amazing. To actually connect with another real person. We were just saying before we came no, on. You've just pinched what I said. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Yeah, but I, you, you, two, you two are one of the same, so it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> That's what people say to us that we're like the ant and deck of the sobriety world. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know who's who. Are we? Honest. Yeah. Um, what, I with Ant and Dex? Yeah. And definitely. Sure, Ant then. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah. yeah. She's Ant, um, she's the one in crack. <laughs> I'm the funny one. <laughs> <laughs> so, just for people who haven't yeah. actually read or listened to your book yet, can you give us a little brief outline of your sober journey and a bit about your background? Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, my... With most people, really, it all starts at an early age, doesn't it? And, um, you know, I was no different. It was, it was just seen as the norm. I mean, my dad went to the pub on a Saturday without fail, you know, every, every Saturday. It was, like, um, it was like a religion for him. So he, he, that was his thing. My mum hated it. Um, so you've got these two at each end of the spectrum and, and whatever. Um, so for me, it was kind of normalized but at the same time um you know there's an issue there um so you'd think if you was to like, think about it logically you'd probably think oh well if he's brought up like that with one person negative and one positive for it maybe he's going to be somewhere in the middle but it didn't transpire like that mm. um you know i'd see my parents arguing and throwing things and and all sorts when when i was growing up um added to that i had two older brothers um who were well, the youngest, one 10 years older than me, one 12. And, you know, at that time when you were a young teenager, they're going out on the pop and and what have you. So again, it's it's normalised. So I was already in pubs and stuff at 15, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really started when, um, you know, you go through your early, te- sorry, your late teens and that, and everybody's out as you do. But with my job, um, I went through an engineering um, apprenticeship and everything, but it really started when I got into sales. And I went into uh, this first ever sales visit. And I remember I was with this this the senior sales guy, let's call him. Um, and we went to this meeting and then we said, oh, we'll go and grab some lunch. I'm thinking, oh, that's all right. Yeah, we'll go and have some lunch. So we had lunch and a pint. Yeah. And I thought, hmm you know who's paying for it and it wasn't me and I'm like click bullseye here we go so that was really a a starting point into my business development sales career which led me all over the place and you know it definitely still is a a single man woman's game definitely Um, because I got to where I was away from home all the time Um, you know I'd get up at stupid o'clock on a Monday morning and won't come back till Thursday night, Friday night. Yeah. And all the time, you know, I was, I was, I was drinking. I was in airport lounges. I don't have to pay for anything. Um, and everything was on expenses. And because I'd got that, let's call it the drinking gene anyway, it, uh, yeah, it quickly got out of control, but I was functioning all the time. You know, I was out with clients at an evening, um spending money you know flashing the cash as it were want my own (laughs) which is which is always a nice thing depending how you look at it but um 
but yeah, eventually, and this is a really long story sideways with lots of ups and downs. I mean, eventually that particular lifestyle, I was either going to burn out, kill myself or get divorced. Um, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I was out till all hours with the clients, you know, and then I was up giving formal presentations and things for, you know, lots of money in the morning and yeah. And then on it went. So in 2014, actually I reversed because in 2006, the, the books really starts with dealing with emotions or not dealing with emotions in my case. Um, and some of the circumstances that go with it. So in 2006, my mum was um, went into hospital ill in the February, and by April she died. Um, and that was a massive onset of, of, of cancer, which she'd probably had for years. So it was a real sudden thing. Um, it was a year that I'd got final exams, because I was doing an open university thing in, in science. And I'd got my final exams that year. I got married in the September. So knowing that my mum wasn't going to be around for that was a massive deal for me and my wife. And um, we also, well, we, I say we, uh, my wife became pregnant with our first, um, with my son. So to say it was a, a one of them years is a bit of an understatement. It was woof. And I just went bang, pack that, carry on. Yeah. And I carry on a lot of it, you know, the drinking already. I was already binging big time. Um, that just increased. So throughout that, that was, you know, present from right that moment, right to 2014. I mean, I would be planning my, you know, customer visits around nightlife. You know, right, I'm off up to Edinburgh or I'm off to, you know, blooming Germany, Denmark, wherever I was going. And it would always be about, when I could get that drink. So in 2014, back to that, I um, got to this breakdown point and I just, enough's enough. And I had to, I left the job. I came back and I had some time on, on garden leave and trying to sort myself out. Um, and that was really, you know, that was make or break for my relationship um, because, you know, people who drink, there's, there's another side to that. There's always the person that maybe doesn't drink. And I think that's quite important as well to get across. Um, so from, from 2014 to, well, 2000 and right to the end of 2018, really, is, is when it really got a hold, secret drinking. Yeah. Um, and because I wasn't away from home, you see, I couldn't hide it as much. Or I couldn't, you know, make a call home at eight o'clock in the evening saying, yeah, I'm really tired. And, you know, all the BS that comes out when you're hiding the fact that you're drinking. Yeah. Can I just ask you, um, you know, when you say yeah. the secret drinking, is that because it was picked up by family? Like, did your wife ever question your drinking? Is that kind of like what yeah. brought it to the sea? You just remind me so much of my ex-husband. He yeah. was... Honestly, oh God! <laughs> no, no, no! But he was a business development manager, and the story that you said, yeah. I have, I have watched it. You've lived it. I've, I've, yeah, I've watched it, and I've lived yeah. it, and I've been the other side. So when you say, you know, how important it is that there is that other side to it, and it just makes yeah. me feel really like so lovely to see you here sober and being able to tell your story, but really sad as yeah. well in the fact that my ex-husband hasn't really 
got to that point do you know what i mean and it's just yeah yeah interesting yeah it's interesting well, what you said as well about how you would have ended up divorced or you know that and that it is that yeah. choice in the end isn't it yeah yeah mm. So, so sorry, I'm just doing like my sausage mug cup, by the way. I love that. I love a cup, you know. Oh, don't say that. my sausage tug. I really got... like. <laughs> you know, you please not talk to her about cups or dogs because, yeah. Oh, well. I've ruined oh, it, well, it there, then. I've got both. Understand. I, love, I love cups and dogs. And wellies. What's in your cup? And wellies. And wellies. What's coffee. in your cup? Hey, Shut up. I've got coffee in there. Coffee in there. <laughs> just coffee. Yeah, just, just checking. Just checking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if it's frothy coffee, no, you're but full on list but, of things she loves. I, I did get, I did get a new uh, coffee machine oh, uh, for Christmas actually with a milk frother. Oh, but, I love a milk frother. Honestly, my but, milk frother changed my life. <laughs> changed mine as well. <laughs> it actually has though. Right? I know we've completely gone off track. But she stopped nagging me down right. on coffee because she's got her own addiction. To I am. Deal so yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, it's either coffee or tonic for me. But when I, when I stopped when I stopped drinking, see how I dragged it back. Yeah, <laughs> when I stopped, you're really good at this. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm gonna go back again in a minute. I'm gonna go back again in a minute because when I stopped, I set myself a challenge after 30 days that if I did it, I was gonna buy myself. A little treat, and that little treat was my first coffee machine. Oh, <laughs> my first Nespresso. Because um, I think that's quite important to set yourself some kind of target. But I've upgraded now, anyway. Oh, we've got a real So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, you show me your coffee machine yeah. after. Bats a secret drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where was we? Right. Um, yeah. Really, for. Almost every argument I can ever remember having with my wife is probably over drinking. Mm. Um, and that's because, you know, and this sounds really familiar with what I said earlier is because I liked it. You know, I always used to think, well, if I'm drinking, I'm drinking, you know, what's the point in getting drunk if you're not going to be a little bit disorderly? You know, that was my kind of mentality. Um Whereas my wife's one of the people that can, you know, lucky people that can have a glass of wine and that's it. Um, whereas me, you know, that obviously wasn't. Um, so right from the very start, I think I was always conscious of the fact that, you know, it's a similar situation to my parents. Um, you know, there was never any violence between my parents, apart from the argument and arguing and, well, she once threw a... a 1980s ashtray at him. Do you know them big ones? Those tall oh. ones that stand on the floor. Oh, yeah. Dad's yeah, that did his wrist. My dad said, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, right from early, I was probably, you know, hiding the quantities because I just didn't, I wanted to avoid the arguments. And then, of course, when I'm working away, it's much easier, but it's, uh, you know, she also knows me that well that she could listen to my voice and know how much I'd had because yeah. um, we've been together for 25 24 25 years we've been married since 2006 so it's you know we've been together a long time she knows me better than I know myself um, but yeah when I when I sacked the let's call it the the, the high life job and 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 came home it's not so easy 
so then it's like we're, we're you know you, you've got bottles of wine in the boots of the car and you know things like that and drawers and wellies by the door and and things like that yeah wellies by the door <laughs> yeah cause you, well like <laughs> well i came I, I, I came back from um I've, I've, i still did that job but not as like in in such a um a senior role so i, I just kind of took a step back the stress was too much and things like that and whatever so i i once came back from a trip to germany and i'd got the you know the little mini bottles that are easy to hide then bottles of wine and I'd put them in, in some Wellingtons by the door and of course I forgot that I'd put them there and they was found by someone that wasn't me and I think that was the first time I think I got I got uh, got caught um so like you know when you were confronted with that how did that feel to you at the time yeah. embarrassed ashamed what what went through your head yeah exactly that I think it was a bit more of um well, it was definitely that, but I also remember thinking, you know, like a bit of resentment there for for the fact of having to, you know, well, why should I have to hide it, you know, and things like that, which is obviously you're trying to defend almost yeah. why you don't, why you why you're doing what you're doing, and it's obviously because you're clouded with all the all the booze basically that you you know you think that it's not really your you. Yeah, I um, my ex-husband used to say to me all the time because I, I began to really pick up on his drinking more when I stopped really highlighted how much he was drinking and I remember googling like how to speak to your husband high functioning alcoholic you know like all googling all these things yeah 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 ways to speak to him and show it like leaving it on the computer screen, like what a high functioning alcoholic was. And I'm like, look, you do that, you yeah. do that. And he was so yeah. defensive. And it was like, well, if you didn't have a problem with it, I wouldn't have to hide it. And that yeah. was his full mindset around it at the time. It, it was all yeah. Yeah. and nothing to do with him. Is that kind of where you were a little bit? Um. It is sort of, but I I also knew years before yeah. that I'd got a bit of an issue, um, and I always I always used to think, um, you know, a lot of the times I would be going out. I'll, I'll give you an example. We used to go away for weekends away with you know with with friends or with the lads and whatever. And I was when I was there, when we got to the first boozer, although you know we'd been drinking on the way there and things as you do. Um, but I was always feel real anxious and, and kind of nervous inside. I'd be sat in and all the lads would say, all right, mate, how are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right in a bit. And then, you know, once I'd got, got alcohol down me and into me and, you know, I was, I was wild then. Yeah. But then we'd wake up in the morning, everybody would be hanging and I'd be like, right, let's go. I want to go home. And it, I really, you know, and it's only when I stopped drinking that I realised, you know what? I actually didn't want to do all that. Mm. I didn't really want to. And it kind of, the, the, the drinking aspect of it was was a mask because I, I would never go, you know, I, I, I hate dancing. I wouldn't go onto a, a dance floor and start dancing and things like that. And do, do you know what I mean? And 
everybody does, you know, when, when anyone drinks it, they lose their inhibitions and they do things that's crazy. But yeah, I, I never really felt looking back that that's what I wanted to do. But I just did it anyway and used alcohol to, to get me through it. Um, now I'd be like, you know, anyone be coming away for the weekend, I'd be like, no, yeah. you know, not, not if it was just, I want to do something that I want to do. If I was going for, I don't know, good skiing lesson or something like that, deal me in or, you know, anything. I don't know where I've got skiing lessons probably because I need some. It's clearly there. Okay, I've never skied in my life. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do it. I tell you, it's one of them things, skiing. I've, I'm stupid because I, I think, right, skiing, yeah, I reckon I'd be good at that. <laughs> and I've tried it once and I ain't any good at it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that. Bang. Wouldn't it be good if we went up to the Alps? It's like fantasising about it. You'd get there and break both your legs, probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but yeah, looking back, I never really, the things you do that you don't want to do just to be in, perhaps. I don't know. I think yeah. we do. Do you think from being like teenagers, we do this and you get told if you don't want to do these things, it's like you're boring, ingrained yeah. into yeah. you that you're boring. And yeah, you're boring. Yeah. If you don't yeah. want to dance, even as a teenager or go out clubbing with your mates, you're boring. It, and it's about this. meeting people, isn't it? And yeah. like yeah. I used to do it with the life and soul of parties. Honestly, I hate them, and I drank. You and never became, liked them when I think back. Never, just, yeah. and I drink to fit in. Yeah, like because yeah. everyone just assumed that. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's a horrible feeling, and I think it takes up until yeah. you maybe stop drinking. You sit there and go, actually, I don't even it's like not me. that. I don't want to yeah. do that. You don't fit in with yeah. You. Values. values yeah it. do you know like yeah, um, yeah that's it peer pressure that though because I, I clearly remember and we we had a discussion about this because i put a post on my personal instagram about how peer pressure i was thought to be boring and lisa was like that one you you i didn't think that of you and it wasn't actually about lisa and that's where maybe it yeah it came across a little bit weird but i had another friend um you didn't get on with her actually did you <laughs> you no, know the one i mean i still don't like her <laughs> well i don't see her anymore but anyway this friend and she was you know she'd she'd had it tough as well and we'd had it we'd had it fairly challenging i suppose me and my sister and i clearly remember a moment in time i'd, be, I'd probably be about 13 being on these steps and her and my sister having a cigarette and saying just have a bit and my sister was younger than me and i was like i don't want to i don't want to and i genuinely didn't want to and they were going it's because you're yeah. so boring you're always the serious one and the sensible one and just because yeah. 13 and I've never given in I'd always been pretty tough-minded and I had it and I had it and then I phoned Lisa up that day and I was so, I felt so guilty phoned up and I said I don't believe what I've done I've actually had a puff of a cigarette <laughs> oh, I'm doing it then <laughs> I did it so you I know you did <laughs> I'll do it then don't worry nice. she was smoking for years after I, I know quit. I was so mad at you. I was like it's your fault I'm still smart I don't know them it's not like nine years <laughs> Especially as a teenager in those impressionable years, it's yeah. about trying to please other people to fit in so you don't get a hard time. And I think we yeah, catch that then into our adult life of, well, oh, my mates are going to a beta party and taking drugs, having whatever, I must have to go. And it's, yeah, it becomes your identity accidentally. 
yeah it does and you do it because well because you don't really want to do it you end up doing it like the the ibiza things jesus you know the the uh, things I went missing for three days once yeah. um, while I was there and uh, yeah it was just crazy and that was all because you wouldn't do it under normal circumstances you need something to get you to get you through to do it yeah. and when it's only when you get older isn't it when you or when you're maybe not older but wiser and you just think why yeah. <laughs> you know what what's that what's that all about that's but, what's so um, right. It brings yeah. up, isn't it? That clarity and that understanding. Yeah, it does, yeah. Like, I honestly yeah. thought I was an extrovert. I, bought, I would have bought, if anyone had said to me, are you an extrovert? I'd be like, oh, I don't like being on my own. I have to be with people. That's not even true. Yeah. I actually love being on my own and I wish everybody had disappeared. <laughs> I think... Yeah, I'm like that sometimes. <laughs> I do, I do yeah. think a lot of us in the so sober community are of kind of who have stopped drinking, I like that. Like most people we speak to don't wow. really like going out that much. And I think something I always remember now is, you know, like if you're drinking to have a good time and yeah. like it means like the people you're with, you, you're they're not your people. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always yeah, say. They're, they're not. That's right, yeah, yeah. Because if you're having to take a substance to make yourself fit in with what they're doing, then you don't want to be yeah. doing that. Well, you don't know that no, don't. problem of teenage drinking because you don't know yourself as a teenager. And because we're drinking, we stop our self-exploration and our self-development. It's only when you stop and yeah. you're like, oh my God, I'm still emotionally 14. That it yeah, all yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. 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 And all these... Sorry, go on. Go on, sorry. I, I, I was going to say there's something apparently, I, I don't know if I've got the term right now, but I read somewhere about ambivert, I'm sure, where actually you can be a bit of both and there's, there's no... Yeah, you're in the middle. An yeah. An ambivert. I'm sure it was yeah. John Connolly that said an ambivert. I like that. Yeah. 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 An ambivert. <laughs> yeah. I think I like that. Yeah, that's easy, that, isn't it? Ambivert. <laughs> I think I'll be one of those when it suits. <laughs> can I go back to... But you have all these emotions and yeah, I was just going to say all, the, all these emotions and things that you pick up they all stay with you yeah and i, I always say you know it, it's which is you know you'll have heard before but like the iceberg yeah with the 10 percent above the surface and then the, the rest of it underneath well that's one thing you've got all this underneath that's hidden but you know that's the bit that can cause a damage if you're you know you're in a ship coming across you're not looking at the top the captain's always thinking what's underneath yeah, yeah. And that's the same with us, you know, we, we we kind of have all this baggage and, you know, whatever, like the 2006 with me. Um, granted, you know, I, I, I probably had got the problem before then, but not dealing with that just made it a whole lot worse. And it was that bit that had I dealt with, you know, you never know, but would I, would I have, you know, ended up where I'd had to stop totally? Um, but for me, I always wanted to, I always wanted to be a non-drinker. I wanted to be someone that didn't have to drink. You know, I'd, I'd get to a hotel and I'd always have a bottle of wine in the room, especially if I was with, you know, meeting clients, because otherwise you sat there thinking, you know, go real, will you? You know, so you needed that bit extra bit beforehand. But I would always go to the bar first before checking in. Um, but in my head, I knew that that wasn't the right thing probably to do, but I was yeah. You just you just do. Yeah. And it's a whole 
I mean, there's a whole perception thing around it as well, isn't there? You know, you don't want to be to know, known as, you know, he drinks too much. Is he an alky? Is he this? Is he that? But, I mean, that really gets on my nerves as well. Yeah, being labelled The perception. Now, you don't drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did a post once. It must have been over a year ago, one of the first ones I ever did. Because this guy, this guy who I know, um, know quite well, he knew that I'd stopped drinking. And he says, uh, would you... So would you classify yourself as an alcoholic? And I said to him, do I look like one? And he went, no, you know, you don't look like one. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, no, I don't actually. You know, what, what do you think looks like one? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, it's that society's perception yeah. that is just totally, you know, it, it's totally wrong. And I, I, I actually did a, my own um, booze category scale which I've put in the book because it used to be that you, you know, you were, you were, you were either abused, you depended and that was it. So what's, you know, what's before that? You've got this unknown safe category where you don't do anything, you abuse it or you, or you're dependent on it. Well, it ain't like that because you've got teetotalers, you've got the ones that just have a bit with a meal. Then you've got the, you know, now and againers who can easily be a binge drinker. And then you go into binge drinking category. Wow, that's massive, isn't it? You've got, <laughs> you know, I had to split that one into three. <laughs> it brings me back to what you said earlier, and I've got a theory about this. Well, it's not just my theory, but it is a theory that I've developed through reading, and I really believe this. I believe everybody, from the moment you take your first drink, is on that scale. And I don't think there's such things as alcoholics, and I don't think there's such things as yeah. somebody who can't become addicted. I think listening to your story, you had a lot of alcohol in a very short space of time, which led you to be addicted. And like you said yeah. before, your wife's one of them who can have one and then not touch it. She's probably just not been exposed to it chemically enough to become addicted to it. This is my thing. Yeah. Everybody can, yeah. not will, but everybody can become addicted because it's such an addictive and dangerous substance. What did we read? Yeah. Listen to it. If it had been discovered now and, yeah. and subjected to exactly the same tests as the illegal drugs are, it would be a class B slash class A drug. Yeah. You know the other yeah. thing about this term alcoholic is like that it. I don't I don't like it and I would never class myself as an alcoholic. But then I have this big thing in my mind, right? Because I really want to remove the stigma. So by removing yeah. the stigma, does that mean that? I should not be as fussy about using the term alcoholic because would that help remove it? But then I think because we have this idea of what an alcoholic looks like, this is what stops us or people questioning their own drinking because yeah. Yeah. an alcoholic is the homeless person on sat the on a bench, yeah, down and out, pouring it on the cornflakes, can't cope without it. That's an alcoholic. So yeah. Don't need to question your drinking because you know you're, you're not, not like that. Bad, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a right yeah. thing with it. Like I really think people are very brave to say that they're an alcoholic, but then I think yeah. you're, you're not just that though. You Do you don't know have what to I label mean? yourself. No. Yeah, you know, I, oh, I, that, I'm so with you. Yeah, with my dad and my story is very similar to yours. And I told you that at the time that I listened to the beginning of your book, um, yeah, that, that beginning bit where you talk about your upbringing is very similar to mine. Um, my yeah. dad, I, I remember sitting there and saying to him as a little girl, 
just admit you're an alcoholic. Just please admit you're an alcoholic because I'd heard yeah. you had the first step to getting over it was admitting it. So I was yeah. trying to force him to say he was an alcoholic. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. I didn't understand it. And he clearly didn't think he was. And in the end, you know, it, it turns out that he does fit the definition of alcoholic. But when I think back, that's yeah. all he was. He was sober. He was a musician. He was an absolute academic genius. Absolutely. He was yeah. so much more. He, well clever, he was clever. It. And you know yeah. what? And he was perceptive and he was spiritual and he was gentle as well. As well. There was yeah. an aggressive side to him. There, there was a violent side to him in drink. Is there not in everybody who gets to a point? I know I yeah. can right. I'm going to swear, right, wanker when I've had a drink. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it is, it's a, it's a stigma. I've just, can I just, we're so on the same page because um, when you were saying about the, you know, the, the scale that everyone's got and everybody has, because that's something that's clear to me. Let this not dishearten us, my friends, because I believe there's a potential problem drinker in everyone, given the right circumstances or trigger of events, which means we're not in the minority. And I knew when you said that, I thought I've written that as well, because I'm on exactly the same page. And it is because you get someone that don't do anything and all of a sudden, you know, the house across the road or their house falls down or does this. It's a trigger of events. And that's what makes you you know whether it makes you turn to drink or something else and it's just yeah i don't know this this whole perception thing it it does my head in it really does i don't classify me as uh, as, as an alcoholic no and, and that binge well, drinker it's not the person yeah. it? it's not the person it's the substance that's, yeah. that's addictive so if given enough of yeah. it, like you said with the right environmental triggers there's a saying that says yeah that, Genetics loads the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. And that's exactly what happened to both yeah. of as well. Yeah. With me, with you, it was a marriage breakdown that triggered your yeah. real drinking. With me, it was a miscarriage that triggered my real drinking. I'd been through, yeah. like you, I'd buried stuff in the past. I'd buried my dad's death. I'd buried the, the child yeah. stuff. And it just got one too many drops for the cup. The miscarriage yeah. just fired it off and sent me into a spiral i'd always enjoyed a drink you know and when i say that i mean i got yeah, yeah. wasted but it had never yeah. been, it had never been something i'd identified as using to cope looking back i was looking back i was using it to not feel that my dad had died to not feel the guilt of some of the things that i'd said to him when he was alive yeah and it's only getting yeah. over that i think oh my god that's what i was doing that's why i got so drunk at his funeral that's why it took me years to start crying properly yeah, you know, and it is, it, yeah, it just, you mask it, don't you? That's just made me just mask it. how much we do use it to cope without realising, because it's so socially accepted. Mm. Like, looking back, when I was, <laughs> like, 17, 18, I went to college and I was doing, I did a counselling course, and before I did, we ran a pub, so drinking was just completely normal. Everybody did it. Like, I didn't know anybody that did it. Yeah. <laughs> didn't all. we know anyone sober no didn't know anybody like no. it was just that was the environment so we didn't know anybody outside of that environment so for me it was like totally normal like i remember i had my um eldest daughter and i'd drop her off at nursery do with like work dinner time in the pub i was like 19 work yeah. dinner time in the pub have half a lager and think nothing of then going picking her up and i bet like i stunk 
looking back, I bet yeah. it was like, oh my God. Yeah. And then doing this counselling exam and it was just normal. Like in the pub, someone went, have a bloody Bacardi in court before you go. And I was like, oh, of course. Like, no, yeah. so I'll do, relax. <laughs> what, what yeah, that's what's wrong with me, yeah. Bacardi in court, <laughs> counselling exam. It, it's, it's one of those things though, isn't it? And I, I, I can't articulate this. And I always think people don't get it. People don't get it. But when you are surrounded, like we were, we both grew up in pubs and then worked in them. And honestly, when everybody around you is either started to drink or recovering from the night before or tipsy, you don't know what normal no. should look like. Is there a normal? But you don't know what it should look like, no. do you? Everyone you see, no. merry and happy and drunk are fighting. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're in a bubble. You're, you're, in, a, yeah. you're bubble. in a drunk bubble. But you no, are, yeah. Bubble. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. You've done it with that name. Did you know there'd be bubbles? Like, the bubbles? Do you know, I, I didn't. Oh, the yeah. bubbles came out just after. Yeah. Because everyone's now. got, everyone's in a bubble now, aren't they? I but, yeah. Googling sober bubble now, just clear. Yeah. <laughs> bubbles, I do. Like, stop it. With a <laughs> Where did that name come from, though? Because I always used to when I when I stopped uh, stopped drinking, I I didn't really want to go anywhere. You know, I'm thinking right, I I I don't want to go to you know that first time when you go to I don't know somebody's birthday party or whatever, and you know there's going to be drink. I just dread it, and I I say I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm here. I'm in my bubble. I'm happy. I've got you know my my bubble is my family in my house here where I am now and that's and I think I just said it one day now I'm not going it'll be full of piss heads and I'm stopping here in my sober bubble bang that was it because the book was actually uh, going to be called um, Variety and Sobriety when I first came onto Instagram that was that's the name of that first book now <laughs> yeah I'm having it as a sequel hang on <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, but yeah, and then when I when I come up with that, I thought that's cracking. That I like that, and I changed my Instagram name to um, a sober bubble, and obviously the book. So love it. Yeah. Did you ever imagine that you would be an author of your very own book? <laughs> oh no, I've always thought to myself. I tell you what, I. I always thought to myself, because I've, I've always liked, right, I loved English at school and all that kind of stuff, bizarrely. Um, you know, when it comes to writing business plans and things, I always used to love doing that kind of stuff. And I always thought, there's a book in me, yeah. but it would have been entirely the opposite. It would have been about the scrapes, you know, the boozy expeditions, the, you know, the stories that I could tell. There's, there's definitely a there's a book there, yeah. And I always used to think I could write that book. And I, I, and I always thought that. So in one respect, I always would think I'd like to write a book. Um, and then on the other coin, on the other side of the coin, you know, I never thought I'd write a book about what I've written a book about. Um, but I'm so grateful that I have been able to do that. Very great. Um, You've been able to so, do yeah. out of your book has been weird like I got sent uh, on our sober lounges on a Thursday we have a bit of a poetry corner at yeah the, so 
So Jo actually sent me your post. She she was listening to your book on Audible and then she wrote oh, yeah. down. And then, bless her, the day later, somebody then sent us the poem. <laughs> already written out. Already written out. <laughs> sure thought, oh, she, was she it the Dry January one? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I posted that. I put that on. I put it on a group somewhere, I think. Someone had said about dry January, I didn't know whether to try it. And I thought, well, I've written a poem about that. Yeah, well, you posted the picture the day after poor John. Oh, bless. (laughs) (laughs) She'll maybe know it off by heart now. Yes, she will. um, Yes, I'd really encourage people to go and read it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And we'll put all the links and to your website and your Instagram and your book, your Audible on on here as well. But do you want to sort of yeah. tell us about where people can find you and what you've got lined up? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, the book um, "Finding Your Sober Bubble" is on um, Amazon, um, and you can get that on ebook and paperback. And also um, the audio book you can get on Amazon, but it's, uh, I think most people get um, the audio books off Audible these days, yeah. uh, but it's on iTunes as well, the audio book. And you um, yourself as well, don't you? I narrated it myself, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I, I got a couple of, well, a couple, I say a lot more than a couple, probably about 10 people for auditions because you, you get asked for auditions. And while some of them was, you know, I'd asked for a, a male northern, you know, voice. I got some people from America. I got some women wanting to do it. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm going to do it myself. So I set up some blankets and all sorts in a summer house outside. I was kind of, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I did it myself. But yeah, that's on Audible. Um, and then I'm, on Instagram, I'm at the Sober Bubble. They're the same on Facebook, which I've only just started using Facebook, really. Um, and then I've got the website, which is um, theuniofLife.com. Um, so maybe I should put them all together and call them the same thing. I don't know. But I, like I mean, the website. What, I like that. Yeah, when I saw it was free, I bought it and I had no idea what I was going to do with it. I just thought, right, I'm going to start writing a, a blogging or doing something just to, for my own accountability, really. And I thought, what what is it that I've, I can write about? I thought, well, I've been through the uni of life and I'll Google that, as you do. Oh, and I couldn't believe that it was available with a .com, this domain. And I thought, bye. So I just bought it and thought, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. So it's, uh, but yeah, I've just changed that all up. And there's a lot of information where to find me on there as well. Oh, fantastic! And are there plans yeah. for a sequel? I know you said a minute ago that you might have a sequel, but I don't know whether that was a bit tongue-in-cheek. Is there a plan? Uh, I'd love to do something else, definitely. I've I've got I've written a journal which I've just put out actually, um, which gets people to. It, it's mainly for, like, let's say, the first thirty days, first week, or whatever it is, because there's a hell of a lot of anxieties and you know people not sleeping, and I'm I'm firm believer in the six P's which I don't know if you're familiar with the six P's, uh, planning, preparation, prevents piss poor performance. Could be five P's, but I like to throw that one in there. It gives it a bit more emphasis, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> As you're a northerner, that. But, <laughs> yeah, probably is, yeah. Aren't we great people, aren't we? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've got that out, and I, but I've not really pushed that as anything as, as yet. So I've got loads that I'm thinking of doing. I mean, I've, I've, I've actually... Um, a certified life coach as well, but I've not done 
Um, I've not yet done anything with that. I'm kind of just taking a seat and seeing where it takes me, really. It's so good. Yeah. Being in your sober bubble gives you that, that ability, doesn't it, to just get creative. Yeah. Either. Can I yeah, it does. Yeah. About your sober bubble, you know, you said that you just didn't want to go anywhere, and your bubble is your house and your family. Do you think yeah. you found like real alignment with yourself and real happiness? Definitely. I spent years thinking, you know, years looking for something, you know, blinded by booze, um, and you know, whatever I was looking for, the next best thing. You know, what 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 am I searching for? And um, I found it right under me, under my nose. I'm going to read that. That actually. I'm um, so glad because I've uh, it's, catch the bottom of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it. I found it right here, and it, I found contentment, and that's all I was looking for, you know. And, and it's I could have missed out in 2014 when my you know when, when my head properly fell off. All right, drinking carried on, and right through that period, I could have missed you know, my kids going through different stages of their life and through sobriety and everything and contentment and actually feeling, you know, I don't need anything else. You know, I haven't done that. So contentment. And this here is, I keep this because I went to, I did, went through NLP with a lady called Jill Cowley. And that was in her office on one of these sessions where I went in and it's, it says you can really see what's right in front of your nose and I immediately saw it because at that you know by then I'd, I'd realized that what I got is what I actually wanted and if I don't sort myself out I'm gonna lose it um, and I said that's amazing and she gave me it as a gift so I, I have it in my office and it's just a reminder goosebumps. I've actually got goosebumps on my arm with that with what you just said like that you already had everything you wanted and you just needed to not destroy it really and to find yeah that, and you did yeah yeah, and I think there's, there's a lot of people like that, but they've got they don't give themselves chance to to actually look around them. And you know, it, it's so hard as well when you've got social media and you see someone, you know, they're in they're doing something here, they're you know having a great time, you know. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you can take a picture one way and it's a beautiful sunset horizon. Just move a bit left, take another picture, and there's a massive cement plant there, you know, pumping out a load of crap into the atmosphere, and it, and it's it's so easy to get lost in in everything really you've got to focus on what's good for you well honestly darren we could talk all day but you probably know that from listening to us anyway so <laughs> we won't take up anybody's time but genuinely it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and lovely to hear part of your story so anyone listening head over to amazon and um, get darren's book you will not regret it and obviously leave him a review as well because the more reviews that we can give people yeah. like darren who are writing these books the more visible the sober world becomes so yeah and I'm self-published as well, so I've done it all. I ain't got that back in either of the, the big publishing houses. So any reviews is good. But thanks ever so much. <laughs> I, I love that that's available, though, now, that people can self-publish. Yes. It just yeah. And people do want to back things like that. So just honestly, yeah. well done. You really, really are inspiring. because, And I think so many people will relate to you and your story. So... Thank yeah. you. I hope so. I hope it helps anyway. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thank you so much for coming on and taking time for us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Oh, see you soon. See you. Cheers. Bye bye.